deep underground the Jelly Belly factory, Bibi is in her secret laboratory creating the weird and wild flavors of Bean Boozled. I've done it again! Is it pomegranate or old bandage? <laughs> Dare to compare. Bean Boozled, 6th edition. Are you brave enough? Just because our parents are getting older doesn't mean they don't have lots to do. They might just need a little help. At Care.com, you'll find people who can take them to appointments and events, help pick up groceries and cook great meals. Whatever it is they like to do, the right caregiver can help. And since everyone at Care.com is background checked, you can be confident that you're getting support from someone you can trust. Find qualified local senior caregivers for your parents at Care.com. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, welcome back to another episode of Mile High Pundit Podcast. Uh, this will be episode 11 here. We're going to be talking about the Avalanches weekend in general with games two and three against the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, generally, some some good stuff and a little bit of bad to talk about. Uh, to all of our listeners and our brand new listeners, thank you all for... Um, of course, just uh, tuning in weekly and, and listening. But uh, that being said, I'm going to bring in my uh, co-host, Jared, here. Uh, Jared, how you doing? Bro, these last two days of work have killed me. I haven't watched a single full abs game. I got to catch up on it like as I'm going to sleep, and I end up falling asleep in like the middle of the second period. It's just ridiculous. Those Thankfully, <laughs> NHL puts out those nine-minute highlights where I can you know yeah. go check them out and then come back to it. But, dude... <laughs> I, Everything I've seen from today's game, I'm not even going to talk about yesterday's game because yesterday the I, I had thought the Coyotes gave us their best punch and they took it up another step today. It, it was just a whole different Coyotes team and it, they just they wanted it more. Plain and simple, they wanted it more. I, I, I don't know how else to put it when we when when the Avs put up what was it 50 what 51 right 51 shots yep 51 shots on goal um a lot more that missed barely and uh, it was it was tough to see um as far as that second game go like like you were saying yeah they did step up they they actually did end up out shooting us that game uh some late game heroics by by uh none other than mr andre burakovsky ended up lifting the abs to a 2-0 series lead and for for the most part, I mean, today I, I really felt like the Avs were just the better overall team. At least they looked like it on the ice. Uh, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but they, they did, apart from a few crucial missteps, and I do mean crucial when I say that, they looked like the better team. Uh, they They looked like the better team in the eye test. And quite frankly, even in the the advanced analytics test, I, I mean, it, 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 just from an expected goal standpoint for Colorado, this is from Natural Stat Trick. They should have won this game by a mile, and they they were as a team they were near the plus fifty five Corsi rating, which is insane. Their expected goals they were expected to get plus one point five. At, toward the end of the game, that was the expected goals range until Arizona hit their empty netter and it dropped all the way down to about a, a plus 0.7. So maybe one more goal and they scored again and jumped just a little bit. I mean, there was... Colorado is giving up so many shot attempts right in front of the cage that it's not going to work out for them if they continue to try and run this strategy into the ground of, oh, let's keep them... Let, let, let's just let them get right in front of Frankie. Let's let them get right in front of Grubauer. It's going to kill them. Arizona is doing the right thing that they learned from game one. They're limiting shots from the outside. And it's the same thing with game two. It's the exact same thing with game two because the Avs, while they scored two goals right in front of the net, the the Coyotes, the, the majority of their shot attempts came from right in front of the goal. I, I mean, I'm, well, I'm going to take this and we'll post it on Twitter so you guys can see what we're talking about. But there's these heat maps from naturalstattrick.com that show where the where the Coyotes are primarily shooting from and where the Avs are primarily shooting from. And 
with the outlier of game one because the Avs absolutely dominated game one, the Coyotes have had so many chances in front of the net that literally they don't use like blue paint to to mark out where the crease is on here, but it looks like they did because that's how many shot attempts they have inside the blue paint. I mean, the first five minutes of this game, 100%, the Avs did not look like they were ready to play. I mean, six six minutes in, and I know exactly what it is. You know, it's we did have that nice, cushy two-goal lead on paper. But like you said, I mean, this Coyotes team, at least for the first five minutes of today's game, they they really showed what they can do as far as just how much of, of a problem they were in the neutral zone and getting pucks into dangerous locations. I, I, I mean, Stepan's goal, he was right in that just danger zone for for Francois. And let me tell you, Donskoy did no favors by, I mean, we had three guys in that zone that were basically just puck watching. That was sort of the mentality. And you gotta, you also gotta ask yourself, Jared, I mean, Francois, while it's nice to have that option, should we have maybe gone with, with group tonight? No. No, no, there's no reason to. Francois showed that he could pull his weight, and while it didn't end up working out in Colorado's favor tonight, it, 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 this is a lot more than just a Francois Grubauer question. This is a question of who's going to step up, because this is ridiculous. I mean, when I'm, when I'm looking at all this, and I see Jonas Donskoy, Valery Nichushkin, Eric Johnson, Samuel Girard, and JT Confer having base... Uh, almost 50% on core Z4, which is an average rating of what you're expect, what, what good things are going to happen when you're on the ice. And keep in mind, Kale McCarr tonight was a minus one. He still finished with an 84% core Z rating, core Z4 rating. So he was good because that's out of a hundred. So keep that in mind. So he's really, his ne- he's only negative for 16% of the time he's on the ice. Nathan McKinnon, same thing. Gabriel Landeskog had the worst game of his life tonight. And he still was a plus Corsi rating. This is not a Grubauer-Frankie question. This is a what are we going to do with this third line question. Because Tyson Jost played a better game than Jonas Donskoy did. Uh, just everything across the board. And he played the same amount of time. He played. He actually played more time than Donskoy. He played more time than, than Nachushkin and played less than JT Comfer. I mean, I'll tell you what, just as far as who looked good out there, I mean, for the Avs, they did spend a lot of time in, in the Coyotes' offensive zone. I will give them that. They were always threatening. But I mean... You got Eric Johnson and McCarr for most of the game. Mind you, they did, McCarr did have a, a crucial mistake late. But I mean, Johnson and McCarr for most of this game, they were flying. I mean, McCarr was, was putting shots on net. Johnson, at, at one point in the third, was looking like he was about to take on the whole team just the way he was skating sometimes. And the way he was blocking shots, too, on the other end, let me tell you, I hope that energy rubs off on guys like Nikita Zadorov. Dude, that was such a gutsy play. By by EJ there, I mean he he blocked what two shots in the span of about ten seconds. The first one stung him because he was oh, he yeah. was limping around the ice, and he gets up again and blocks a Kessel shot again and just sells yeah. out to block it. You you want to talk about a guy who wants to win a cup right now? You're looking at Eric Johnson, 100 percent of the yeah. time, and he yeah <laughs> yeah he he looks like he wants. He, he is skating for something much more than himself right now. And, and guys like, like I said, guys like Sidorov out there, I mean, I'm not going to knock Gerard's game because he did have a nice assist. He did have some mistakes, but he did get us out of some, some pretty big holes in the third too. But our, our best defender hands down tonight, and in my opinion, was Eric Johnson. I'd say Kale, but just because Kale had that mistake late. And I mean, you got to remember, this guy's played with poise all year and all game, really, all series. He's done, he's done, you know, pretty decent for himself up until the point where the Avs pull goalies to, to get back in the game. And then he he just lets one by him and it's something that you don't do again in that in that scenario and, and it came back to haunt us for sure um but overall jared i 
I might not be quite as worried just because of the, the way that we did have 51 shots on goal. And I mean, midway through the second, we had registered 55 shots total that had missed that, you know, hadn't been picked up by the shot tracker. So you can bet your bottom dollar that we put close to 80 shots on Kemper tonight. And the only reason that Arizona won this game was they pounced on a few mistakes and Kemper had the night of his life. This is, I said this at the onset of the series that Darcy Kemper is the thing that worries me the most. I mean, we can go back to, I don't remember what episode it was. I want to say it was like eight or nine. And we talked about it right after is. I, I remember like we were going into the series and I was like, I, I don't like Darcy Kemper. It was episode, it was, it was episode nine. Cause we talked about the ads losing to Vegas. And I, I'd said at the onset, it said Darcy Kemper scares the living hell out of me. And all he's doing right now is proving me right. Because I mean, for a guy to have seen 118 shots through three games and only given up eight goals, this dude's on fire. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah, and let's not forget, I mean, that's a testament to the abs. I mean, they play just a high-octane style of offense, 118 shots and only netting that, that many goals. I mean, props to Kemper. But the you got to finish more. you got to finish more of those chances. I mean... Dude, he's got a 932 save percentage right now. Like, the, the guy's on fire. Plain and simply, he's on fire. 932 will win you a Vesna if you have that in the regular season every day of the week. And probably three times on Sundays. I, while, well, yes, we're putting a bunch of shots on. They are not high-quality shots. They're, they're really not. I mean, we're taking them from the blue line. We're taking from outside the dots. I mean, one of the hottest zones for the Avs tonight was outside the dots. Their, their, hot, their hottest zone was to the, to the left of, of Darcy Kemper, which is where both goals came from. And both of them were, let's be honest, pretty lucky deflections. This game, sh- this game could have been 4-0 Arizona, and we'd be having a much different conversation. Well, when, when you look at that first goal by Burakovsky in this game, that was off a sequence where the Avs had just absolutely peppered Kemper to death. And I believe it was actually on the back end of a back-to-back power play sequence, or pretty close to back-to-back power play sequence for them. So just to give our, our listeners the amount of, I mean, just the amount of general pressure that, that Darcy Kemper can handle, it's, I mean, it's, it's otherworldly because they did put a lot of pressure on him. He did have some some moments where he did look human i mean there was a there was and and not i mean there was just so many chances that they had there was a couple shots that went post that you know that that may have bounced in on a different day and again as long as the avs score three goals because arizona had two empty netters so mind you this is a 2-2 game as long as mccarr doesn't make that mistake and then that wraparound was just kind of a slap in the face to us if anything that probably made our guys more angry for for monday night's tilt and arizona is not built to keep up with us and kemper in my opinion if he faces 50 shots again he's gonna crack the Avs only have to do that two more times. I don't think Kemper can do this three more times. That's I, just me personally. I, I don't disagree with you. Um, however, the, the power play's got to be better. I, I mean, let's just let's call, let's call it what it is. This for, the first line unit has been horrible outside of game one, really. I mean, game one was obviously Colorado's best game. And... It's just everything is so deliberate from the Avs power play. I'm, I'm actually watching some of the highlights again because I, I wanted to go back to that goal from Burkowski and see exactly like what we were looking at. And everything is so direct. It's, it's not McKinnon throwing crossing passes. McKinnon is trying to drive the puck home. He put seven shots on goal tonight. But yeah. And, and like, like while the lane's there, yes. I mean, hell man, just take a look. Like, like. Like early on in that early on in that power play, he sent one to Kadri that Kadri's kind of tipped on goal and didn't really do much out of outside of that really. And 
It's just, it feels like they're trying to just straight up funnel McKinnon. When McKinnon could honestly just hold it for a second, take a step, and then fire. It's just, they're moving too quick right now, in my opinion, for them to get anything productive on the power play. Because, I mean, eight shots on the power play tonight, great, that's awesome. They're still still 0 for 3. And you had essentially four minutes of power play time where you did nothing. Yes, Burakovsky scores as the time expires on the second one. At the end of the day, that doesn't matter to me. You're 0 for 3 still, and you had four minutes pretty much straight through a power play time. You had a nine-second break. That's it. But we did net a goal right out. I mean, right after that, you know, it it's tough because you you look at the power play for both teams really. The Avs were 0 for 3 tonight, 0 for 4 the other night. That's the same exact stat line you get with the Coyotes. I mean, neither team's really taking advantage of it. Yeah, I mean, there's just there, there's not a lot of. I I really don't but know. I, I, there, there's just so much that it just feels everything is just it's it's not flowing the right way essentially for for how we would both envision and most as fans honestly probably envision how this series should be going because I mean. I, I wish, I, I really do wish that NHL.com had a much better way of doing their their stats right now because right now it sucks. And I just want to see, like, as, like, a team, like, how they're doing on the power play just during playoffs, not during... um Just games. Yeah, just, like, like, like not, like, overall, because, I mean, the, the Avs power play uh, supposedly is clicking at a 22.7%. That's what that's what this is telling me. That's what it's telling me. Whereas they've been over three in this game, and they weren't any better the night before. So where is like where am I just like not getting where this is coming from? I mean, over three, over four last night. You guys are over seven right now for a power play that during the regular season was one of the most deadly power plays in the freaking league. I, I it just yeah. it blows my mind when really they should be scoring one out of every 5 power plays. If if we're going off the regular season, they're scoring one out of every 5. And and that's just a testament to the way that that Kemper has been playing. Because the, in my opinion, it's looked, I mean, it's looked decent. It's just, we're not finishing. Um, I mean, the passing for the most part, once we do get it set up, it looks pretty. I mean, they were even, there, there were times, Jared, and I'm talking big, big chunks of time, like two to three lines worth of time to where the Avs had Arizona pinned deep and it looked like the Avs were on a power play. They weren't, mind you, but they they were really trying to get that that goal and that equal. You know, once Arizona took the lead this game because they were playing horribly first five minutes in. You know, they were they were really scrapping. Um, Kemper played just in in over his head. Like I'll say it again. I mean, his off percentage too. For the last two games, uh, tonight it was a 56% clip. Uh, so you always like to see that with your guys. But there are just, I mean, looking at this Avs team, Jared, for the most part, you know, on paper, pretty strong. But you realize that with, with playoff hockey and just the intensity that it is, you are going to lose some guys. And I, I think you know where I'm going with this. But not having Nemesnikov in the lineup tonight might have really hurt the abs as as much as he's a role player he he's he is super important and i, I mean something that the abs have not that the abs didn't do in in game three today that they've done really well in the other the other two games is they haven't they, they didn't they blocked eight shots tonight coyotes blocked 27 and that's just a testament to the, the 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 Coyotes literally just not having shots, Jared. I mean, we held them to two shots in the second period. And two, 
two. And, and I mean, I mean, I, under, I understand that. Eight shots blocked all game. They they weren't in our zone. And 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 like like don't don't get me wrong, I get that, but uh, I mean, the Avs blocked twenty one in game one, right? Mm-hmm. They block. Yeah. They blocked. Hold on, give me a sec. They blocked fifteen in game two, and then today they come out and throw an eight piece up there. The thing that worries me more so than the eight blocked shots tonight is the the 17 giveaways and 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 they're coming from from guys who shouldn't be giving the puck away Kale McCarr led the team with four uh, yeah for, for as great of a game that Kale McCarr had being, his last three minutes were horrible of the game they were just it's, atrocious I mean unfortunately it is the reason you know why we lost he he had the puck I mean, near, near center line and he kind of just I mean, I, he I, swatted I can't at remember it. if it was a back, I can't remember if it was a back pass or if it was just a late like if it was a clearance a misclearance, but he swatted at it and the guy just took it. You know, a couple couple quick taps and and it's in. I mean, granted, the Avs scored pretty quick after that, but at that point, it's tough to to climb out of that with literally half a minute left. I, I mean, it, it's a McKinnon, it's an Aaron McKinnon pass that comes out up and out of the zone. I understand you have a guy right on top of you, but dude, you have enough speed. You are one of the fastest defensemen in this league. There is no reason why you don't just grab that puck, reset behind the goal. There, you still have a minute and a half. You still have 90 seconds of time. Just reset behind the goal, get a good breakout going, and then let's go from there. Because what McCarr did was he iced the game for Arizona. Plain and yeah, simple, and, and, ta- and you get Taylor Hall on the score sheet, which is something you don't need. Yeah, and you, know, you, you never like to see guys like Taylor Hall heat up or even get a chance to heat up, mind you. You always want to neutralize their top guys. But I don't know. I, I, besides the fact that McKin- McKinnon spent some time in the box for some, some pretty stupid penalties, I mean, I... I I don't know if I can knock his... I mean, he was all over the place tonight. Granted, he, he wasn't netting him, but I, I mean, he had seven shots. His one giveaway was the one that led to the McCard giveaway. And for, like, usually, when you when you hear that, just that exchange even, you know, McKinnon, McCard, back to McKinnon, I mean, that that's supposed to send goosebumps, bro. And it's not. That was not the case tonight, and it it was unfortunately at the last second. You know, it was that crucial point in the game. Arizona looked like the more seasoned team at that minute, but the Avs controlled the game from the get go. After those first five, I mean, as quality chances, but they were they were. They, they they were shooting around out there, man. They were just buzzing. They were getting to loose pucks, and they were winning the faceoffs at a pretty decent clip. And yeah. uh, I mean, guys that were trying to mess with Mac. I mean, let me tell you, Obu. I mean, man, did you did you end up seeing that hit that that Mac gave him? Mac is really starting to love those backup hits that Forsberg used to throw back in the two thousands. Yeah, I, I mean, he loves of... those. Yeah, it's like dare dare you to hit me. You know, I'm fast, but I can also put a guy on the ice. And and that's a piece of the, of McKinnon's game that nobody ever talks about. It's, yeah, it was great. It's it his body. Absolutely fantastic to see him just lay Everly out. I mean, the guy was coming up, and you could tell he wanted to have a big play impact. You could tell Everly wanted to really lay the wood on him, and, and Mac just stops right by Arizona's bench, mind you, and takes him out. I mean. You had plays like that all night. I mean, McCarr, although he had, you know, quite frankly, just that unfortunate, unfortunate uh, string of events that happened to lead to the goal. I mean, he was, for the most part, I mean, besides the takeaways, he was put under a lot of pressure. I'll just say that for for a rookie defenseman, he was put under a ton of pressure because you had guys like Zadorov and you had you know, other guys that had had more experience than him that weren't quite stepping up. And, and just speaking, and on, speaking on Nikita, dude, Nikita was the, Nikita was at fault for the second Arizona goal. A hundred percent. There's no oh, reason yeah. why when Landis takes the, the F2 forward, the guy who's driving to the net, 
if he's got him, you should be stepping to that third man coming in because he just let him walk right in. I mean, it was an easy goal for uh, for Brad for former Av Brad Richardson. I mean, dude, I could have scored that goal and I haven't played hockey in over a year. Like that that's such an easy place to shoot from, right inside right inside the circle and just picks the corner on Frankie. And let, let's just say it, Frankie had some good moments. Overall, I didn't like his game tonight. I didn't. I I, I said that to you. I, I texted that to you and said Frankie had a horrible game. Straight up. And that's that's how it was. And he did. I mean, nineteen the, for twenty one. The defense the defense in general was just freaking horrible tonight. It's overall yeah. horrible. Yeah, they did not have their best game. I mean, Frankie, again, you know, he, he was 19 for 21. And he did have some nifty saves, but then he did let in some some that he could have had a little. I mean, yeah, that, that goal by, by Richardson, like you were saying, I mean, that was just a rocket by Richardson. I mean, it was top shelf. Put it in a good position, and he he shouldn't have had all that space, mind you. So, uh, but at times he showed that he could that he could he stepped up. I mean, he was three for three on the power play. But yeah, it just couldn't that that shot is. I mean, it, it was just a rocket of a shot, and it was one of those nights where, although the Coyotes did not have very many chances. The chances that they did have, mind you, were very quality chances. I mean, they were right in front of the net when they scored their two goals that mattered. You have to work on that. You know, you have to nix whatever you're doing. You have to get guys to play more like EJ right now. And, and I mean, you had Makar minus one, Zadora minus one, Graves minus one. Cole at even with 16 minutes of ice time and Gerard at even with, with 19 minutes because he had the assist. And, and and here's here's just something of note that that I that, that that's gonna you're gonna hear it and go okay that explains a lot about why tonight is just one of those games for Colorado that you knew just wasn't gonna go the way that it needed to go. Colorado had seven high danger shots against seven, seven. Okay, and all seven were stopped by Kemper. So those high danger chances, nothing going tonight. Medium danger chances. Uh, eight of nine for Kemper. We got the goal against. Okay. On on the low danger chances, we had twenty three shots. Twenty three from low danger. So we're talking outside the dots, up from the blue line. Not a lot of bodies in front. None of that. And of course, you're going to go twenty three or twenty three. A goalie loves that kind of night. Frankie tonight. Seven high danger shots against one one goal against. So six saves. Medium danger, yeah. four saves on five shots. Long distance, five of five. You can just see where we just got, where, where we just really were outplayed between the pipes for one and two on, on the shooting chart too. Because if we aren't getting into those high danger chances, because mind you, Arizona had three high danger chances all game one. Colorado had, had high danger chances Left and right. In game one. It was absolutely insanity. Yeah. And and now and even even in game two, I mean Colorado's high danger chances were just so much better than what Arizona was getting. And it's just it's just the same old song and dance, it, it feels like right now. Because with, with Kemper only facing twenty six in game two, both two of the three goals came in those high danger chances. Yeah. And we only took 12 from distance in game two. Arizona took 14 from distance in game two. They only had five high danger chances and four medium danger chances. Colorado had six high danger and seven medium danger. You can see where the big gap is. And this is why I love advanced statistics. This is exactly why I love it. Because this tells you, well, yes, the Avs passed the eye test, the eye candy test of, oh, they put up 51 shots. They absolutely should have won this game. You're right. They should have. Everything it says they should have until you start looking at the high danger, low danger, and medium danger chances and realizing, oh, the abs really didn't get that many good shot attempts on tonight. Yeah, I mean, some, some dangerous ones, like I said, some, some ones that hit post. But it came down to the mere minutes, and I'm talking minutes, Jared. I, 
I want you to go back and when, when you just have a minute, when you, when you have some time, go back and just try to watch this game from start to finish. And uh, tell me, you know, who, who you thought the better team as far as skating was, as far as just who the more dominant team was, because it's like, it's like I said, the Avs kept the pressure up on them, but as far as the shift in, in mentality for game two for Arizona, then out shooting the abs and then them taking advantage of the small, and I'm talking small window of opportunity that they had against us. Uh, but I, I do want you to go back and watch that game because there were times where the abs were playing absolutely beautiful hockey in regards to, you know, what we've all talked about with the negative they, they did play smart hockey at times tonight. And it's unfortunate that Mac was bogged with penalties because maybe he was a little bit flustered. I mean, mind you, Kemper was flustered too. End of the second, he gets up and tries to shove Calvert. I mean, the abs are getting to him. Uh, th- that being said, Jared, what's your, what are your kind of feelings going forward with this? Something I love that Colorado did tonight was keep Arizona's power play shots to the outside, really limited those high danger scoring chances. And Colorado was dangerous on the power play. They were, almost all their shots were from inside the dots and from those great A. What what in, in hockey we call it the house. You go from post to post, go out to the dots, and go straight up. That's called the house. And gotta live in the house, cook in the house. That that that's where you make your bacon right there. And oh, yeah. and and Colorado had. It, just from what I'm seeing, had almost all their shots except for maybe two outliers where they weren't inside that house. Arizona only had well, maybe it looks like two, two or three shots that were inside the house, and one was up from essentially the blue line. So, if if Colorado can replicate something that they've done really well, it, it would have to be that game that that mindset of hey. We need to just keep everything to the outside because what they're allowing right now and what is scaring me the most right now is how much Arizona is being able to get inside position on not only our defensemen, because we saw that issue with Ryan Graves against Marsh or so and against Vegas, but yeah. now we're starting to see with, with, with the first forward coming back who's filling the center role, regardless of who it is. I don't care if it's Don Squidman. I, I would rip McKinnon if this, if this same shit happened. I, I would. I, 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 hold, I pull no punches. We've, we've made that obviously clear. Our Twitter, our Twitter account even says we don't pull punches. In case you didn't see, we tweet, I tweet about Buddy Black on our Twitter account because the Rockies are on a freaking skid, and that's just annoying as all get out. That they are. We could touch on that a different night. So, uh, but, maybe when feeling a little bit more feisty. Yeah. So, they have to, have to, have to really force everything to the outside because right now it everything what what arizona and what rick Tockett has done and has really gotten better with is getting everybody inside and getting on especially five on five is getting shots from those high danger scoring areas yes i understand colorado put up 51 shots eye candy love it when you break it down and you look at it from an analytical standpoint, if, if I went and tracked all those shots and figured out, okay, where'd all these shots come from and, and just mapped it all out and then posted it, I, I, I honestly do think that that would change a lot of people's perceptions on how that looked. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all being said, we have a pretty critical now I mean, very critical game game four coming up here Monday night. And as far as Tachette goes, I mean, he had a quote that, I, that I'm trying to find here. And, and, and here, here's how pivotal this game four is while, while you're looking up that tweet. And this, yeah, is from yeah. N- this is from NHL.com. Teams who are down 3-1 going into game five have only won 13 of 163 series. That's 7.97%. And and just even trying to extend the series to a six game, it's only thirty five percent. Now that changes completely if we go two two, because now you're in a best of three, and Arizona has shown they can win a best of uh, a, a first to three. So 
it this this, this next game is absolutely pivotal for what will happen in in, in the next couple days because they got monday they play monday afternoon i believe i my days are all messed up right now i i can't watch a single hockey game and it just throw me off um oh, i i feel you man i mean for for this week i had to go you know second game i was able to watch like a little bit of it and then i had to go to work so i i didn't even get to see the the late game heroics from from borough until uh really late when i got home later um was able to watch most of this game today but so they played 3 30 monday and then if they need to they haven't set a time yet for, well now they're, they're gonna have to set a time for game five now because we need a fifth game but they play wednesday in game five and i i mean if this goes back to a 2-2 series we're gonna be talking monday night and it it's not gonna be good i i mean i'm already a little bit torqued about how the Avs played tonight and how their shot attempts while yes they had a grandeur of them they weren't quality they just they weren't and everything about it just every stat backs it up and and here's the most frustrating part about tonight for Colorado for me Kemper's expected goals against average for this game was a 229 wonder what Frankie's was there he is a 199 so Expected, the Avs should have won this game. They should have, but they didn't, and it's because they didn't get guys to the net. They had nobody in. Think about it. Both the goals that the Avs scored were Kemper's eyes pretty much taken away by either Coyotes players or someone else, or an Avs guy in front of the net, or at least funneling toward the front of the net. Yeah, I mean, as far as that that quote from Rick Tuchet. Uh, as far as what he said tonight, special teams won us the game. Penalty kill was great. The power play goals. I thought the first, thought the first period was the best I've seen us in stopping pucks on the line. And that was the the game where Kemper stopped thirty three shots in the win. But I, I mean, you know, that's that was earlier. You know, I mean, earlier in the season, we, we've we've met this guy before. Tache basically was saying, you know, the same thing tonight. He said, you know, he thought that his his uh, just his special teams looked really good. And I mean, Bednar loves to talk about not having passengers on the team, and tonight there were a lot of them. They they're just guys who were just there to punch a clock and just get on the bus and just ride it out. They, I, I, I don't know how else to put it, and and AJ Hayfley put it put it really well. Darcy Kemper was on on fire, and there's nothing, there's nothing you can do to that. Yeah. So here's the the actual quotes um, after the the game two loss suffered by them. Uh, and this is from Tashay here. Uh, we played a good hockey game. That was more like it. I'm proud of the way they played and responded. We were in their faces, and that's the way we want to play consistently. Yeah, we would have liked to get that next goal. Power play goal, absolutely. But at the end of the day, he feels like they're playing really good hockey. And just because of tonight, like we were, we were talking about, there are few chances that they had, they converted. And the Avs had and they just didn't and I, I think you can chalk up a lot of that to Kemper but that being said he did show some cracks tonight it is the first time in the series that he did get up and actually shove one of our guys so you love to see that here's here's my last but, thing uh, I'm going to touch on this analytics this, this is the last one I promise yeah the the average shot distance against Darcy Kemper was 53.21 feet Oh, the, average, wow. the average shot distance against Pavel Francouz, 43.71. The average goal distance against Pavel Francouz, 22.5 feet. The average goal distance for Darcy Kemper, 64 feet flat. Tell me that's not something that's a little bit worrisome when we're just talking about how we, we just spent time on how Arizona played a much better game. Kemper was on fire. 
the Avs should have won the game if you look at the at just at the if you glance at the stats, say holy holy hell, fifty one stats or fifty one shots. How the hell did yeah. they not win this game? And then you look at it again and go, oh, that's be that that's why because they're shooting the puck from 50, 60 feet. And well, yes, these guys are world-class athletes. The difference in a 60 foot shot that goes in the net and a 20 foot shot is about the same um, is just to put in and just as a reference, this is, is the same amount of difference from a 94 mile an hour fastball to a hundred mile an hour fastball. That's oh, wow. it. That, that is your reaction time as the goaltender. So Kemper's having a lot more time to read these both those goals that they have scored tonight were deflected so and and pavel can't do anything about shots that are coming in right in front of him because his defenseman won't step up or the forward won't pick up his guy in front of the net that's not on him he can't do anything about that but the abs have got to play a better game structurally period that is their biggest flaw right now and bednar really needs to look at if he even wants to put tyson jones back in the lineup because i think this and i said this at the onset of the playoffs i don't like tyson jost i don't think he's a good fit for this team we should have traded him two years ago plain and simple let's put logan o'connor in let's put sheldon dries tj tynan i don't care who it is i just don't want to see tyson jost in the lineup for game four i'd love to see some loc and i hope i i, I truly hope that nemistikov is okay i mean like like i was saying the two people that were like a better terms and I, cancerous right now just the way that they were skating the way that they're playing out there it's got to be at this point Zadorov, and unfortunately for tonight i'm gonna have to go with landeskog on the offensive end mm-hmm. uh, i don't know if he was skating hurt but he looked extremely reserved i mean he wasn't he wasn't even cutting like he usually does he he was almost timid as far as just the way that he was skating so so you gotta wonder you just hope that there's nothing nothing going on with that and I, but that being I, said i, don't, I mean i don't know if it's a, if it is if it is an injury then we got a lot bigger problems yeah that's what i'm hoping it's not because then it's like you know we are kind of especially if you don't have Nemistikov. I mean, then you, ha- you have to get into LOC and Dries. But I, I, regardless of all that, Monday night, Jared, who you got winning this? I, I mean, here's the thing. You're going to get a day off. You're, you're, yeah, this was, this you, was a back-to-back, which is also kind of... I mean, the Avs did outwork them as far as just how they were flying around on the night of a back-to-back, which you like to see. Mm-hmm. But they do get a, a day off. But who? Do you, yeah, who do you have winning this? Arizona's going to ride their hot hand in net. They're not going to go back to Auntie Ranta unless they absolutely have to. Like where, where if Colorado puts up five and they have to pull Kemper and throw Ranta in because he's back now. Um, my, it, it it's gonna and and we know that Grubauer's going to go back in because this was this was literally just a situation of a regular season back to back. You say, okay, well, Frankie, we we need you to play this one because. We, we just need to give Gruby a rest. Fair enough. That's, I can completely agree and understand with that. Yeah. My concern, like, like I've said this whole time, is that they're, they're going to run with Darcy Kemper, and he is hotter than he's been probably all year. Taylor Hall starting to turn it on. Phil Kessel starting to turn it on. You have to minimize your mistakes in the defensive zone and in the neutral zone because that's where it's killing them right now. And you got to get bodies in front of Kemper and get him angry like we got him at the end of the second period with Matt Calvert. I'm not saying exactly. go in and run him. I'm saying get get his eyes blocked. If he doesn't, if you, if you don't hear a whistle and you don't think he has it covered, hack at the pad a little bit. That's okay. You are taught to do that. Just do it. Yeah, and I mean. And and if we can do that, and and I understand Miko scored tonight. He's got to get going. He looks just. I I mean maybe he should have skipped the the training camp coming into this like he did the regular season. Besides the goal, he did look very average out there. But hopefully it is something that you know he'll bounce back next game. That's that's what you got in Miko Renton and and our top guys. Hopefully he plays better. I think he will. I think he knows that deep down. The, the middle six um, has got to be better too. It just yeah. in general, the middle yeah. six. Kadri was horrible. Don Skoy was horrible. Nichushkin was horrible. I, I and I mean 
horrible tonight. Um, Burkowski was, uh, I, I guess he was okay. Um, yeah, I mean, Comfort as, wasn't great, and Jost was horrible. Plain and simple. Yeah, I mean, as far as you know, you get the game of of the series where the Avs will will shoot the puck ninety times, ladies and gentlemen. That was your game right there. He. Obviously, that doesn't work on a guy like Kemper. Uh, you do have to generate those quality chances and get him distracted and get him angry because uh, a guy who posts numbers like that, you know, he's not going to be bothered with those low quality chances. Like Jared was saying, they have to to work to get pucks in the zone more and get those screens in, and generally even just maybe go to work a little bit earlier on the power play. They look great when they're passing the puck up there, but. When it's gut check time, it's it's gut check time. You know, I, I, I'm going to leave you with this here before we sign off. Uh, I want your number of, let's go with quality chances for the Avs next week, along with 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 the general just uh, just scoreline. Colorado's gonna in, in game four alone. I'm just gonna look at game four. Colorado alone is gonna get at least eight or nine high danger scoring chances. So we're talking really close to net inside that house area where we were talking about where you have the best chance to score. Yeah. You're gonna get eight or nine in game four and probably look to do about the same in game five. And and I'm I'm gonna harp on it again. They've gotta limit Arizona's chances and they really gotta push into the outside like they do on the penalty kill. I don't understand why the penalty kill, which is which was one of the worst penalty kills in the league all regular season, is now one of the best penalty kills in the league in the postseason. That, that, yeah. That's great. I'm excited for that. But we have to start limiting the five on five chances and we have to get guys who are back in the zone and wanting to put their work boots on in the defensive zone to get it out of the zone so they can go back on the offensive and keep the puck down there and keep pressure on Darcy Kemper. With that being said, yeah. game four goes to overtime. Okay. It's a 2 1 game, plain and simple. Gruby's hot, Kemper's hot. There's not going to be a lot of goals scored. It, it, there's just not. Game five, I think you see, I, I think you see the Coyotes kind of grip the stick a little bit and really start to push pretty hard. Yeah. So, with that being said, Colorado ends up getting probably at least ten odd man rush breaks or just rush chances is what I'm going to call them. And I like and, those and, chances. And 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 they win that game five two in advance. Okay. For 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 me, uh, I, I'd like to think game four is going to be. Uh, instead of 2-1, I'm going to take it up a notch, and I'm just going to say 3-2. I'm going to say around the same amount of chances, but I just think that with the amount of shots that Kemper faced today, and especially if the ads can come out and really rattle him with some really good chances, hopefully they can get in a few quick ones and they can win that game 3-2. And I don't think it's going to be overtime. I think it's going to be a very close game, but I think the overtime is going to come game 5. But yeah, just one of those things where you'd like to think that Bednar being just just the coach that he is, he's really going to stress that five-on-five in practice because he's already addressed the PK and it's been working. So now he's just got to get back to just getting guys, I hate to say it, but almost re-motivated for five-on-five hockey. They've got to get their minds right because their five on five is horrible along with their five on four there. It, it's not a good, it's not a good look when our PK looks like our best team. If you want to break down, you have your even strength team, your power play team, your penalty kill team. Why is our penalty penalty kill team look like the better team right now? It should be the five on five team with how deep this team is. That's all we, that's all anybody talks about is how deep Colorado is. Colorado's deep. They're really deep. They got so many guys who can score. They have a they have a true one, two, three, four center. They can roll three or four lines on you. And we're not showing it. Yeah, we aren't. And you hope that we get back into that on Monday. Um but yeah, any other uh closing thoughts from you before we wrap this up? I don't know if Bednar will go back to Frankie again in this playoff run. Uh, yeah, I think b- he barring sits. barring an injury, I I think Frankie's done for the for the balance of the playoffs. I I would likely take that. I take that bet. 
I think he knows what he's got in Groob. I think Groob did deserve a rest after putting us up 2-0. But it's time to get back to work. You're absolutely right. Alrighty, folks. And just some other just quick kind of clips before we close out here. Uh, Broncos training camp kind of swung back into life this week. It was it was good to see some some takes from there and and see the guys just actually out on the field playing together. Uh, Jared, I don't know if you caught any of that. And so, so yeah, some some kind of happier vibes that way just uh knowing that those guys are getting ready um some kind of interesting news coming out of broncos training camp which will i'd like to touch on as well you know we're going to be pumping out these abs recaps for you guys and we'll get into some nuggets recaps too but i'd like to thank everyone just for listening again and uh again just our our twitter page for the mile high pundit is now live just at mile high pundit podcast we love it if you guys gave us a follow and even just deemed us you know just topics to talk about we'd we'd love it uh but thanks so much for listening and and that's all i've got to say uh just kind of on on that front and we will see you guys later I'm trying to get more and I've been in a moment I've been in a zone and I'm moving alone I don't pick up the phone with my family call I've been doing it wrong and I don't know what's happening Trying to get what I've just been imagining Getting close and I've just been examining All of the fake shit the game has been packaging I've been keeping real I've been doing what I feel I've been out here trying to kill every Most of the people are so close-minded. They go into school and they work in a job, but they don't even like it. I won't be put in a box. Nobody telling me what I should rock. Nobody telling me what I should drop. Cause I do what I want and just know I don't stop. Recording till four in the morning, they snoring. I'm pouring my soul into every story. I'm writing, producing, I mix it, I master, I'm building my craft and I'm not looking back. I've been going doing things I wanna do when I want to. Everybody wanna get away, but they not do. Everybody wanna copy you, but they not do. Everybody wanna get away, but they not do. Deep underground, the Jelly Belly Factory, BB is in her secret laboratory creating the weird and wild flavors of Bean Boozled. I've done it again! Is it pomegranate or old bandage? <coughs> Dare to compare. Bean Boozled, 6th edition. Are you brave enough?